Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The GOAT. Stream free on Amazon Freebie or Prime Video. Did I mention I have a guru? She's, um, you ready for this? There's a lot yeah. of syllables. How do you find a guru, first of all? But yes, tell us. Man, shit happens. Um, you listen to this <laughs> podcast episode, that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, her name is Matha Amrita Anandamai. Thankfully, people call her Amma for short. Greetings and salutations, my friends. This is yet another Fanatics podcast episode. So excited to be here, as always. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Magadoff, and with me is my most wonderful co-host, the one and only Claire Kramer. Hi, Claire. Hi, David. I, I am the one and only Claire Kramer, and you're the one and only David Magadoff, and this is the one and only Fanatics. This is. There are no other... There are no other fanatics, products, podcasts, or the like that are at least spelled the way ours is. We had to be unique. <laughs> we had to be unique. It is a fun name uh, about the addictions of our celebrities that we have on, dare I say, the obsessiveness, the compulsions, the passions that they have. I like to say fanaticisms. Yeah. The fanaticisms. Fanaticism. We have on the wonderful Reka Sharma today, Claire, who uh, you know and I know from Yellow Jackets as that mm. reporter who's just trying that to get nosy that story. Reporter. <laughs> Everyone's got to have a nosy reporter. She wants that story 30 years later, whatever it is. That show yeah. is so freaking good. I love Yellow I Jackets. Know. Every That's single really person good. on that show. That's true. Ah. Your favorite from Star Trek Discovery. Uh, we have the Imperfects, Roswell, New Mexico. And of course, Reka is a wonderful human being uh, who got to regale us with her love of Buddhism and shit. And, and by the way, that's not just David being like, and shit, thrown out, you know, <laughs> a little and shit there. That's actually when we were emailing back and forth with Reka. That was what how she described her fanaticism, Buddhism and shit in quotes. I'm doing the air quotes, but no one can see except David. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> I felt so, it. I loved it. I if you do it. the air quotes and you're not on camera, did the air quotes ever happen, David? That's the new oh, like 2022, always. you know, hypothetical. Because you know that you did it, and I think, and I know this was just a, this was just a non sequitur, but I'm going to dive into it because why not? I think that even if you do air quotes, it comes through in your voice. The way that let's mm. do a little a little fun fact for you, friends. All of your favorite voice actors, whenever you're 
Kieran, you know, Tony Hale as Forky or Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear, all your favorite voice actors, they are in the booth doing the voice and they are moving their hands. They are standing up. They are punching the air. Just know that like a good voice actor just doesn't sit in a chair and do all their, you know, voices like Claire and I are doing for our podcast. They are up and moving and air quoting. And air quoting and moving and and whatnot. You know, I just read a funny fact that goats could change the intonation of their voices as well. Oh, thank God. This is this is this is I'm gonna just say our best intro we've ever had. Uh and speaking (laughs) of I'm really grateful for all the reading I do on the internet of memes and Venn diagrams (laughs) and pie charts and you know. All that, all that thing. really helpful stuff. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. I own, I own enough Google stock. Uh, guys, Rekha Sharma, please enjoy. So you said that you, you were interested in specifically Buddhism and shit. So is that the technical term? I think so. I think you can find that in a dictionary somewhere for sure. There's probably an article called Buddhism and shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's probably a blog. Yeah, yeah. I said in shit because it's like, I don't know, like, uh, I'm certainly not, you know, a Buddhist monk and nor is it really just Buddhism. Like, I'm into all kinds of spiritual philosophy. I'm definitely have explored more of the Eastern philosophies, which tend to be the Vedic traditions and Buddhism, yeah. So for for those who don't know, what is the broad definition of Buddhism? You can leave out the and shit part. We'll get into that later. But just for, (laughs) you know, for the record, the Buddhism part, how would you define that? Oh, my God. Uh, This is not an official. No, don't bring God into it. Because as far as I understand. (laughs) They don't really believe in that. I know. That's where it gets complicated. Because look, on my wrist, I have a tattoo that says God. So I am a person who does believe in God, but you know, uh, maybe not. Well, that's the, he maybe falls under the Anshet category of this conversation. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So Buddhism, let's give Buddhism a working definition for the purpose of this okay. podcast. To me, Buddhism and shit is like, like about how to live. What is actually living? It's like, to me, it's like the the nut of what it means to be human, the existential things, like the the book of life that I wished we had all been taught from, but no, we are taught a whole bunch of other useless ego-based stuff. <laughs> so a compass, a moral guide, a North Star for you. Yeah, I don't even know if it's about morals. Sure, that's in there. But yeah, a North Star, a like, oh, this is the truth of our existence. And for those that don't know Buddhism, does it have a, you know, Judaism has the Torah and Christianity has the Bible. What would be the Buddhist? Is there a tome for Buddhism? I don't even know. That's how little I know. That's no, this is, this is, you are not coming on as a captain Buddhism, which is obviously a superhero. (laughs) That is being just got greenlit, by the way, from Amazon Prime. Uh, Rekha, Sweet. Can I get an audition? For yeah, that? yeah, you got it. <laughs> Done. I'll connect you with the, the showrunner. 
Awesome. Reka, do you remember when you first even got into the idea of like Buddhist practice or Buddhist thought? And we'll get into like what you do maybe and like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you remember when it was first introduced to you? This is a fun question actually. Because yeah, I do have like a specific moment. I was a young teenager. I want to say like maybe 13, 14 years old. And my brother had a book on the yin yang symbol. He's a lot older than me, like 10 years older than me. And I used to go through a lot of his stuff. And I came across that and was like, hmm, let me read this. And I was sitting there on my bed in my room. And I remember my mind just being completely blown. I was like, this is what life is. Darkness, light, seasons. I was like, this is everything. This is the nothing has ever made so much sense to me about our existence than what I've just read. <laughs> And I was so excited that I drew the symbol for years and I ended up getting a tattoo of it on my my back as soon as I was like 19 and unallowed to go into a tattoo parlor. <laughs> were you taught something differently? Do you think you were searching? Because I do like spiritual conversations or did it just like answer a question that you didn't even know you had, so to speak? It feels like the latter when I think back upon that time, but I do think I was always searching. You know, I was the kid that would like, you know, my parents would walk into the living room to find me sitting there with Jehovah's Witnesses that I had let into the door <laughs> and were just sitting around talking about what heaven, you know, that's cool. I'm like eight years old or whatever. So I think that's always been a strong thing in me. I think as, as is the case with most people who find a spiritual practice in life, I was like, you know, surrounded by certain miseries of, as we all are, you know, dysfunctional family stuff or whatever, you know, I have come from a very loving family, but, you know, we, we had issues and, and uh, whatever it was, you know, I saw it in my friends, I saw all kinds of misery, I was experiencing my own misery, and it just didn't make sense to me. And then as soon as I came across any spiritual teachings, I was like, oh, well, that makes more sense. This, like we're living in a weird, messed up way. And, you know, I'm still on that journey of like figuring out what that is. But it's like every day I, when I'm in the noise of my brain and, and, and in the like getting hooked in by all the little ego things, like pride or like, you know, feeling like you've been like squished <laughs> or whatever, like you're not good enough and all these things, you know, I'm Canadian. So there's a lot of not good enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> and a woman, there's so much of it and Brown. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> but, but to, to be able to open a book and go, Oh, I'm thinking the wrong way. Every single thought that I have about our existence is wrong. <laughs> and that is the thing that is leading me to feel this way as opposed to external circumstances, you know, somebody treating me poorly. Sure, maybe somebody is treating me poorly, but if I can see the truth, then I'm able to be liberated from the emotions attached to the uh, the misunderstanding of the truth. And that's freedom. And all I've ever wanted is to feel free and, you know, 
I think what most of us felt is as small children, like a real centered feeling of like open heartedness that was kind of unshakable until too many things happened. I think that's how we all are as kids. So I feel like all these spiritual teachings, whether it's Buddhism or Vedantic, and I actually have, you know, much more schooling in the, the Vedic principles and devotion and Lord Krishna and all that jazz. But I think you make a very interesting point when you say like children are grounded, children have that sense of self. Because one observation that I have is religions, my non-theological, you know, view of things (laughs) is religions are grounded in ritual and, you know, and routine. Mm. And childhood is grounded in ritual and routine. And so I'm curious with Buddhism, what are some of those rituals that bring you back to that place of centeredness? Right. You know, there's some great things. I'm really into Thich Nhat Hanh right now. I have one book of his that I highly recommend for any any human <laughs> called You Are Here. And I'm just reading it like sir. I'm writing it down circles, right now like- <laughs> because I'll be ordering that. <laughs> great, great. It's really great. So there's some really simple like four line practices that he has in there. I mean, obviously one of the rituals is sitting down to meditate, which I try to do every morning, but I don't always succeed. When I am doing it with regularity, I honestly have felt nearly indestructible. I have felt when I was doing at one point, 40 minutes of meditation without fail every morning. I remember after a few months of doing that, I felt like, you know what? doesn't matter what comes my way. My whole family could die in a car crash. Of course, I would never wish for that, but I feel like I could handle that. Mm. That's how strong I felt. It was insane. Yeah, I was like, it would be hard, but I'd be okay. I did nine minutes. I I set my timer for nine minutes this morning, and then I only got to like five minutes, and I was like, I'm good. (laughs) You know what, though? But then I was like, I'm very gentle about meditation and like gym and exercise with myself. I'm usually like, if I can just go into it, if I walk into the gym, I do not care what I do. If I can like start a meditation practice, I usually do a solid 10 minutes every morning. But this morning was nice. just like I had I got halfway and I was like, I'm good. I, what I really need to do is this other thing right now. But I felt like I'm glad I did that it was five minutes more than what I didn't need to do at all. But it's true. Yeah. Like when you get to that place, 40 minutes, it's you're in another place. Like that's very cool, Reika. I'm sure you yeah, and I'm sure if you're doing that consistently, it is. Well, I'm not remark- right now. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just such a groundingness. It just grounds you beyond, you know. It does. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. And it's funny to me that I that I go on bouts of not. And, you know, granted, life can get a little squirrely at times, but that's when I need it even more, which is when I go to this you know, the other smaller practices, which are incredibly useful, which is just like mindfulness practices. So like, you know, I had to take the subway home to do this. And instead of reading or looking at my phone, like every other person on the thing, I was just like doing the simple practice of noticing that I'm breathing in and noticing that I'm breathing out. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out and just watching and seeing how present I can be watching my mind as it drifts away and then going, oh, do I need to have that thought? Do I need to solve that problem right now? Nope. Can I just be here now? 
And that practice of be here now is like somehow, you know, I feel like this about all spiritual practices. It's got this bad rap of like being like flighty or something. But it's literally the opposite. It's be here now. It is like the most practical, useful thing that you can do is actually spiritual practices. It's not lofty. Mm-hmm. It It's like basic. It's like get grounded and be here so that you can be present for whatever your job is that you're supposed to do to really be there with other people and listen and connect and like get rid of the noise. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. So for you, I'm curious, this is a very interesting topic for fanatics because often we talk about like, you know, if someone's passionate about swimming and swimming makes them feel this way. But I feel like this is like two pronged, this topic, because there's your meditative Buddhist practice and then there's the art of Buddhism. And so are you excited to, are you as excited to educate others about Buddhism and about the practices that are encompassed under the umbrella of Buddhism as you are to practice yourself? Is it both of those things that you are... Do you like sharing it with others or is this just more your own thing? Oh, dude. It is, you know, as I was thinking about the topic, like, what do I nerd out on? And I was like, this is like the lens through which I, I examine everything. And so... I'm excited to share it because I know what it does for me, but I also know that you kind of have to come to this stuff on your own. Like I'm going to share it with all the people I love. And, and I mean, every conversation that I have with a friend where I'm sharing whatever things I've figured out, they find it useful. It helps (laughs) in the conversation. So I certainly wouldn't shove it down anybody's throat, but I can't help. But think about it is uh, really into it <laughs> well here's here's what i'm trying to uh, delineate here do you yeah do you lean towards it and it sounds like when you first got into it and still to this day is these like buddhist practices more about quieting your mind and 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 dealing with personal anxieties or is it more mm. about what is this life about and i'm just so curious about the meaning and the identification of of what all this is and who am I within this world and who are you and all this. And so it gives you a framework. So is it more about an emotional groundedness or is it more about I can I, kind of understand myself in the world better? I feel like it's really both, David. I feel like 
I mean, even when I go to like Pilates classes, like I just want to know how to stand and move and like not be messed up in my muscles so that I can actually let my skeleton do its job so that I can be present <laughs> and, and useful to people. Useful, being useful is like probably one of my biggest things. Like I really want to be useful in this life. Like, I don't know. I, I believe in reincarnation, but I have this one. I don't know where I'm going to be next time. I don't want to waste anything. And, and I, so like, I want to get being human, right? Quote unquote, <laughs> you know, like, I, I just, uh, yeah, like I want to, I don't want to waste it. I want to, I want to be a good human. That's all I really want. What a great MO. Thanks, man. I'm trying. So you say you nerd out, which is not often a part of describing Buddhism. So <laughs> could you describe what nerding out means in the way that I might nerd out about, you know, the forever fantastic four movie that will never be made that people will enjoy? Right. I mean, I feel like I know that I'm nerding out because... I will read the same book over and over and over again. Do you read lots of new books or do you tend to have like four books that you just like? I'm, I'm more of like that person. Like okay. I, 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 and I, do, I'm like that in general. Like, you know, I, I'll listen to one album and I have to listen to it in order and I'll listen to that same album over and over. I'm not a like, don't give me a playlist. I mean, I like it here and there, but an album was meant to be heard from the beginning to the mm -hmm. end. So I like to mm -hmm. do that. Happy uh, I'm I'm giving away too much now. I'm giving away. No, too much. we've we um, actually talked about. I've talked about that a lot on the show, different episodes about the yeah. you know the album versus the single release. So I'm she with has. you on the album thing. Oh, so you oh, understand? I get it. Trust oh, yeah. me. Yes. <laughs> I mean, unless it's like if it's a band that has no album concept, then single release away. But any decent musician has a concept for their mm -hmm. album. Okay. I'm also a music snob. Uh, <laughs> worked in record stores and everything. Oh, like we'll have you back for that one. Okay, great, great. Yeah. Um, anyways, what the but heck was I saying? You were talking about oh, yeah. nerding out. So like you so read the same book I a lot know, of times. Do you like Google stuff? Do you have stickers of the Buddha that you put on your back of, oh, your, I've of got, your license I've got plate? Stickers with, I've got stickers with sayings on Ooh. mirrors so I can be reminded or like by the door reminded. One of the ways that I know for sure that I nerd out is because when I start talking about it to my friends, my boyfriend, anybody, I can see it in their eyes. They're kind of light up like, oh, look at her go. And my voice gets louder and I get more excited. I get really passionate. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm really being seen here. <laughs> Has anyone ever come back to you and it was and it was like, I got the book. I read the whole thing. I did the meditation. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did all the things like I, we were talking about. And does that give you joy? Or are you like, whatever, that's your own journey? <laughs> no, it totally gives me joy. I, I right. think for anybody, like when you discover something that brings you joy, you just can't help but want to shout it from the rooftops and and see if it instills joy in anyone else. Right. Absolutely. I don't know, though. Some people some people nope. like doing their own thing and don't really care if it if others, you know, take the same ball of string, you know, right. and, and unravel. I, mean, I think it's lovely that you do care. I think it's very sweet. It's Claire and I are those types thanks, of people thanks. who do like, you know, 
when people do get excited about this, the shit that we get excited about, but that's not everybody. I guess not. I guess not. Oh, and yeah. And some people actually like, you know, having things that are off the beaten track and not having too many people like, you know, which I have been that person as well. Certainly with music. I'm like, Mm, it's too popular. I'm not going to listen to it. I have a good um, friend who cannot stand <laughs> any Weezer that has been done from like 2000 on. <laughs> He's like, it's like it's Pinkerton, or that's it. Um, that's it. Yeah. He's like, Rivers Cuomo is dead to me but, these last years. But also from like a, you know, selfish point of view, too, like 100%. It's like when you're into something that most people aren't into, like, Sure, there's a lot of people in the world that are into spiritual practices. But honestly, like, you know, in my very, quote unquote, normal life, like I don't live at a monastery, like I don't have a lot of super like minded people in my life. So the ones that I do who are excited about it. Yeah, I want to be able to talk about these things with the people that I'm closest to. It's great. It's really great. It makes me feel not alone because I do feel like I do feel like a weirdo a lot of the time, honestly, because I'm so into it and it means so much to me. And like a lot of people are like, cool, you know, they're, they don't relate. And it makes you feel like, God, you know, should I go live in a monastery? Like, no, I'm an actor. I live in Los Angeles. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it would. Yeah, I think it's a different trajectory, which, you know, maybe maybe it's part of it's reflective of your past and your future lives. Who knows? Here's a question for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. When you are having these conversations uh, and someone does express an interest, what is the entry point for them? Do you say order the book? You are here. Do you tell them, you know, get the, I, I always associate Siddhartha, the Herman Hess book. With I don't know if it's Taoism oh, or Buddhism, nice. but it's definitely the one like you know the flagship book that I associate with with the general Eastern religions. So what what is your right. entry point for someone who is expressing interest and and says Reka, I'm I want more. Tell me where do I go? What do I do? Right, I think I have. I mean, yeah, I have suggested that book to a lot of people in the last couple of years. I don't know what else I've suggested. I've suggested like, oh, well, meeting my guru <laughs> <laughs> or any of her teachings. Did I mention I have a guru? She's, um, you ready for this? There's a lot yeah. of syllables. How do you find a guru, first of all? But yes, tell us. Man, <laughs> shit happens. Um, you listen to this <laughs> podcast episode, that's all. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, her name is Mata Amrita Anandamai. Thankfully, people call her Amma for short, which just means mother. Uh -huh. She is also commonly known as the Hugging Saint because prior to COVID, she would go around touring the world, hugging people all over the world. Oh, She is amazing. Yeah, her hugs are out of this world. People just sort of melt into them, I'm sure. I've I know I know yeah. exactly what that is, and that's a lovely thing to be known for, that you can give such a hug that people just melt. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. I think the first time I had a hug from her, I straight up had a psychedelic experience. Mm. Like, you know, 
Mm. I, I have done hallucinogens as a mm. teenager and it was like being on them almost. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the second hug, I think I just bawled for two hours. It, it's wow. like, yeah, they're less dramatic now. I think she's purified me or something. How did you find her? How do you, uh, one, what made you say I, it's time to see if I can get a guru in my life? And two, how did you even go about it? Because there's people listening to this like me who are like, we are aware of guru. We are aware of the yeah, concept yeah. that this is something you could have. But I've never actually spoken to anyone who has one or so this is very lovely to hear. about. Great. Um, I did not seek it out. I I was uh, and still am friends with this wonderful woman who's like a second mom to me who's in Seattle. And I knew her for a number of years and would would always like pop in and stay at her place if I was passing through the Seattle or anything. And one day I just asked her, she had all these pictures of this Indian woman. And I knew that she, she's like a white woman from middle America. Are you talking about me, but, Rika? <laughs> <laughs> you don't live in Seattle, Claire. At least I don't think. Just describe me. But anyway, go on. Yes. Oh, so great, she, great. So she, all these pictures, uh, I can relate. <laughs> all these pictures of this, beautiful Indian guru all over her house. And uh, so I'm gonna, you're gonna have to tell me more about that, Claire. Um, and then one day I just was like, so who is this woman? And she just stops and she goes, oh, I've never told you about Emma. And I said, no, and I've never asked. And she goes, oh, well, she's coming to Seattle in two weeks. Do you wanna just meet her in person? I mean, I can tell you stuff or you could just meet her and find out for yourself. I was like, two weeks? Yeah, I'll, I'll drive back because I was from Vancouver. It's not a long drive. So I drove back two weeks later and I met her and I was blown away. And then, you know, it just made such an impact on me that I said, so when she come to Seattle next, you know, and then I saw her the following year again and I did a instead of just doing the one day, I did like the whole weekend retreat. And I think the following year after that, or maybe even six months later, there was another program. And I think it was the following year. But I was like, oh, yeah, this woman has completely changed my life. I was, you know, reading some of her teachings. And she she's basically all about love. And she's so strong and powerful. And like the peace that she emits is just profound. When I'm in her presence, a lot of my worries go away. I feel like grounded, useful, <laughs> you know, um, it's really great. I've learned so much from her. And this is like, I met her 99. You know, I kind of like that I'm a dum-dum about this. Because I feel like other people, I, I'm, I'm all about there's no such thing as a stupid question. So a guru would be considered someone who is appointed by somebody? Or is it, nope, at some point they're allowed to just sort of like, I could if I just studied enough Buddhist concepts, thoughts, morality, and, and the like, I could one day declare myself a guru? Or do I have to be put upon as a guru by, by a group of people or an organization? I don't know if there's anything so technical about it. What I do know is that it, she just became such a powerful presence. It was so, you know, she's enlightened. 
And then that just draws people, to, you know, to them. Mm-hmm. And so people just started like, you know, just kind of happened spontaneously. Like people wanted to be around her. People wanted to learn from her. She wants nothing more than to help all of humanity. Yeah. And she does it not only with spiritual teachings and practices, but also like very pragmatic ways. She builds hospitals. Mm. She pledged more money to the victims of Hurricane Katrina than the entire U.S. government. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So she makes things happen on a real like grounded level. Wow. Yeah. And it's all just, you know, donations. It doesn't, you don't have to, you know, pay to see her or whatever. And she's not trying to swindle money out of people, but she's just powerful force. Well, she's missing a Um, good opportunity to swindle. She's missing a good opportunity to swindle. I mean, (laughs) yeah, it's a shame. Is that, is that, is that the takeaway that I should be walking away from with this? No. Yeah. I mean, Because then there's no crazy documentary like Osho had, right? Like, yeah, wow, my wife loved uh, Wild Wild Country. She (laughs) adored it. Osho was like a powerful teacher. He had something, (laughs) sure, but but he also had some other things. Yeah. So, (laughs) Uh, I think that's beautiful that you um, found her, and I let she found you almost in a way through your friend. So we're getting towards the end here, and I always like asking this, and I think it's very sweet because I'm someone who has, you know, I'm I'm the Jew who goes to church, and it's and you know, I'm a big believer in Buddhist teaching and so many other things, and so I, I love these spiritual conversations. How people get there is fascinating. It's so interesting that this is something that, you know, you said Reka that you grew up with, and you grew up in a very loving family, but. Do you think if you had to ask yourself, I always say the why, like what's the why? Like if you had to psychoanalyze yourself, Psych 101, why are you so into Buddhism and shit, as you so lovingly put it? (laughs) Do you think it's because of something else, maybe childhood-wise possibly, that like, okay, yeah, there was a lot of love, but there was always a sense of no one really ever talked about God or why we're here, or is it, what do you, what? What do you think is the the deepest why you could possibly find on on a very lighthearted podcast like ours today? <laughs> uh, the alleviation of misery. I really think that's it. I think yeah. that's why people pray. A lot of people don't pray, and then you know their loved one is in the hospital. All of a sudden, they start praying. Right? It's misery yeah. that Mirabai, I think, was a great devotee of the Lord. One of these. Uh, you know, saints in India. And I think she used to pray to please for the Lord to please keep her miserable because that was the te- the thing that tethered her to her spiritual practice. And it's so true. It's like when things are going great, you know, the, the uh, practice slides out the window, you know, you kind of get pulled into the illusions of this world and, and uh, you lose your center more easily when things are going great. When things are hard, you have to find your center just to do the most basic things. So I do think that's the the driving force. Cool. Mm-hmm. Or I guess if you flip that on its head, you know, the driving force is I just want to be happy and free. <laughs> so I'm super into that, like really committed. <laughs> I love that. Do you have one or two, like... <laughs> 
maybe there's a word or a mantra or something that like when people are hearing this, they can walk away and go like, oh, that's like a Buddhist idea or a Buddhist thought in the way that, you know, Judeo-Christian might say, you know, you know, from the Psalms, be still and know that I am God. Like that is sort of, Mm. I love your neighbor. You know, is there some sort of, I don't know. Yeah, there's uh, this one little four line sort of poem, if you will. And now I'm going to mess it up uh, from Thich Nhat Hanh. We'll take a paraphrase. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I have arrived. I am home. In the here and now. I am solid. I am free. Oh, yeah. I see. I flipped it. I have arrived. I am home. In. No. I. I'll get it to you. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm like your version though you know and religion is all about taking what you want to take and leaving what your version is perfect that's the buddhist way right come on thanks 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 you are good i'm you good are here you are grounded you are going to give In us a love letter now. to buddhism <laughs> okay so, yes uh, could you please regale us with a love letter dear buddhism and shit <laughs> Thank you for being here for me. Thank you for teaching me that even when I'm looking at everything as though it's just a mess, if I look more closely, I'll see that everything is a miracle. Everything is so beautiful. And we are so lucky to be here. So thank you. Love, Reka. Love, Reka. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Reka. Thank you. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Claire, do you have any mantras or any sort of things you maybe post around the house? Maybe you put it up on the mirror or the fridge, like little words of calmness or wisdom? David, yes, I do. I have one that I really work on with the kids, especially because, you know, we're, we're an intense activity family with soccer and dance, you know, high intensity, high level for the ages they are, especially. So my big mantra with them and that the, the physical aspect of sports and dance is positive thoughts, positive results. And I think that's really easy for a kid to internalize. You know, it's not too, it's not too complicated of a, of a phrase. They can remember it and they understand what it means. If I get in my head and I say, no, 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 then I'm not going to be able to 
you know, catch that ball that's coming towards the goal or whatever. But if I have positive thoughts, I'm going to get positive results. So that's the one I use a lot with the kids. Did you come up with this yourself or is this something that someone else told you or you read? No, a couple teams ago, there was a dad who would always be yelling it at his kids. And I was like, ah, I think I'm going to, I'm going to steal that nugget of wisdom from him. <laughs> I don't know where he found it or if he thought it up, but it was good. Good yelling, positive good yelling. yelling. Positive thoughts. Yeah, even when you scream it, it's still, you know, a positive thing. (laughs) Uh, That's nice. I would have liked that kind of a dad. (laughs) I have one more mantra that I use for myself, which I'll share. And then I want to know about you. I, when I'm struggling with something, it's like, breathe in the faith, breathe out the fear. And that's like a good one to just like, when you're really just struggling. You know what I mean? Yeah. With big things, death or like big emotions, big, not every day. I don't need to use that very often, but it's like, it just reminds you like, breathe in the faith, breathe out the fear. And you just, you can get your endorphins down enough to sort of gain control again of yourself with that. I love that. Well, I do a similar thing in that I just, my breath, just breath work, right? Mm. Just grounding. Mm -hmm. I love what you're suggesting because... It puts words to breath, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are like, I just can't sit and listen to my breath. My brain's still going. So it's nice to have, like, what is my breath doing? Yeah. Yeah. Breathe in the good. Breathe out the the icky, the bad, the maybe that stuff you're holding on to. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Guys, I hope you just enjoyed a few little nuggets there. And that hopefully what helps us might help you. And at the very least, ignore what we said and take what Reka did because Reka's got it going on. Guys, enjoy your day. Uh, Feel free to like, subscribe, share this podcast with all the people. Breathe in a Fanatics podcast episode. Breathe out this outro. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you guys uh, next Thursday. Bye-bye. Yes. See you guys later. Bye. Before we let you guys go, let me tell you about next week's episode. We have on the most wonderful John O. Wilson. You know him as Perry on Showtime's I Love That For You. Yes, a hilarious new comedy that I adore. And I adore John O., especially the conversation we're about to have where he loves golf. What? Yes, four birdies, eagles, all the animals, all the sand traps, everything that you love about golf, he loves it that much more. So listen next Thursday. Bye. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Say a prayer. Have a thought. Maybe you're weird. Maybe you're not. All I know is that Reka likes Buddha. And shit. 
Are you tired of dating assholes? Do you want a Prince Charming? If so, we're filming a reality show. Sign up here. 12 American women are flown over to the UK for a Bachelor-style reality dating show. There are so many questions about a show like this because it's so odd. These women have been told that they were going to be dating the world's most eligible bachelor, Prince Harry. What? Y'all playing with me, right? You can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app.